Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode 53. Today we are recording a, or starting a new series that yeah. we're calling, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And when I say that, I hope you pictured precious Mr. Rogers zipping up his sweater and putting on his sneakers because that's what you should be picturing. Um, oh my gosh, Mr. Rogers, right? Yeah, the movie is so good. Did you see it? I Oh my gosh. If you, yeah. Oh my gosh. The Mr. Rogers, is it a documentary or a biopic? It's a biopic. Okay. Yeah. So good. It made me cry. It didn't make me cry. Of course it didn't. <laughs> I felt feelings. <laughs> you had feelings? I, I have some. I'm not completely <laughs> Okay, that's, that was a step if it made her fuck up. I don't usually cry in movies. (laughs) I don't either, but literally that whole theater was just grown men sobbing. It was. I didn't watch it in a theater. We also saw it at Tara, so that might be part of it. (laughs) But but, oh my gosh, it was it was so good. I love Mr. Rogers. So when I mean, yeah. So (laughs) that is a good intro into your community. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean. Rebecca's saying that a lot of the men who live around me are more in touch with their feelings yes. than the typical yes. men. That's fine. Um, so we're talking about engaging our neighbors, actually engaging them, not on a surfacey level, not yes. on a, hey, how you doing, but like really doing life with yeah. people. And so I guess to talk about that first, we need to talk about who is our neighbor. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, as Christians, we immediately think about Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. So um, you don't I, immediately think of Mr. Rogers? Well, I- <laughs> Okay, I'm just so, you, so when you first say that, yes, but then when we start talking about like who our neighbor is, I think about Jesus. Yeah. And I think even those of us that don't read our Bible a lot or don't study it a lot, we all know the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's yep. it's common vernacular, right? Yeah. Because we have laws. The Good Give us a laws. little like quick okay, recap. Okay, so quick recap. Jesus, you know, the some of the priests and the Levites and the um just the people that were surrounding him, they were kind of questioning him. They were always questioning him, pushing him. One time they questioned him, um, you know, what's the what's the most important commandment? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then he gets pushed again. Well, who's my neighbor? You mm-hmm. know, one, of, one of the Pharisees says, well, then who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And so then he begins to tell this parable. And he talks about a man who, and he doesn't say who the man is or anything about the man, but the man is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been attacked by robbers because he was on a, on a road that was, on the way to Jerusalem, that was a very dangerous road. It would have often been like pirates and stuff trying to steal um, from people. And so he's obviously been robbed and beat, and he's on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people that you think would stop to help do not. So the priest, a priest walks by, doesn't help. A Levite because walks who, by. And, and what was help. a Samaritan? Well, that's what we're about to get to. Oh, okay. Okay, so that we don't know what the man, who the man is. We okay. just know he's like people. Because if they would have stopped to help him, they would have been putting themselves at risk. Yes. Um, because this is a very dangerous road that they're on. So they're just like moving right on path. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. when you're driving down the road, sometimes you're in a hurry and you see a wreck. You're like, I just don't have time for that. Yeah. And you drive yeah. past it. That's what's happening here. So they just keep, they you know, nobody stops for him and helps him. A Samaritan who was like an arch enemy of the Jewish people. So he, for so Jesus to say, even using the word Samaritan, he's speaking to Jews. They would have all gasped. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about it earlier, like what that would mean to us. So let's think about our current culture and our current political divisions. Like if you're super liberal, you 
your view of someone who's super conservative might be the same way that the Jews felt about the Samaritans and vice versa. So, I mean, they hated each other. It wasn't just one-sided. There was just a lot of divisiveness and for lots of reasons that we don't have time to dig into now yeah. why they hated each other. Um, so they hated each other. And so the Samaritan comes along. We assume it's a Jewish man that's on the side of the road that's hurt because this is the point of the story. Mm-hmm. So the good Samaritan, or the Samaritan man walks by and he stops and he picks the man up. He takes him into town. He he drops him off at an inn and pays for him to be taken care of, for him to spend the night there. Like, he's just like, spare no expense, take mm-hmm. care of this man. And so Jesus' point of t- telling this parable at the end, he says, out of those three people, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, who was who was a neighbor to that man? Mm-hmm. And that would have been very hard for them to answer because they would not have wanted to say it was the Samaritan, but it's obvious that the Samaritan was the neighbor. Yeah. So the point of the story is, is that, Anybody you con- come in contact with is your neighbor. Yeah. Like, and any other person's your neighbor. It's not just your person next door. It's not just the person you run into at the grocery store. Those, all those people are your neighbor. But, like, it, I think sometimes we get caught up into this. It's just the people that live on both sides of me. Yeah. Versus, like, it's much broader than that. When you, when you encounter. Anyone you like, encounter is your neighbor. And what I really like about the Good Samaritan is he didn't, like, take him into his house and give it. Like, it wasn't, like, this like he took yes, him and really got him point. help yes so i because i think sometimes we think like well i have to be the one to go visit mrs kravitz up the street for like that village reference um <laughs> and you know it's like we can just take on and be like this is too hard like it's too overwhelming to be a neighbor to people but really it's like he just got him to a place where someone else could help him so yeah, yeah. you don't always have to like, like you don't have to yeah stop and bring everybody in and yeah um, I I think it was the effort that was made and for him most likely the injured man was Jewish and for a Samaritan to even take any kind of yeah. care towards somebody and I think that's the point of the um of the parable and yeah no I think that's a really good point and that's you know that's what we get into when we talk to Lori um, yeah is about how it doesn't have to be hard yeah like it can be a part of just your normal life and the way we interact with people so how do we have a different bent um, in the way that we look at the people mm-hmm. around us. Um, and I, I thought it was a good point, what you, you said earlier about um, in the kind of age that we live in, that we're just so individualistic yeah. that we forget about the importance of the community. Yeah. And um, I, I just, I know for me that I can't raise my kids by myself as an example. Like, right. I, I mean, you know, as much as, you know, it sounds funny to or cliche to quote, Hillary Clinton, it takes a village. Like, it really does. Like, she had a point in that book. Like, it really, you can't, it doesn't, you can't do it on your own. Um, you know, there's, um, can't remember, I think it's the book Sticky Faith. It's a parenting book. I don't usually recommend very many parenting books, but it's a parenting book. And he talks about in there that your child, especially as they become like, move into like the middle school, teen years, like they need to have seven other adults mm-hmm. that are speaking into their life just besi- besides you. Hmm. So who do you want those seven adults to be? Interesting. Like the people around you. And so if like you're in vet, so you, like I, but I can be one of that, that adult to somebody else, to my neighbor yeah. across the street's kid, you know? And so like we, we have to have this, we have to build this community so that we can love on each other and yeah. take care of each other. Well, we need each other. We do need each other. Yeah. And it's not just like the people in my church. Yeah. Like I need the people in my community. Yeah. The people educating my children, the people that are serving me food, the people that are picking up my trash, the people that are driving my kids to school on the school bus. Like, I need all of them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Well, I think that's, like, the good, because I think we can, 
either feel sometimes like we're super needy or we can feel like everyone else is super needy. But really the truth is like, we all just need that reciprocal relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but it's challenging. It's challenging the world we live in because you know, the whole, it takes a village adage. Like it literally used to be your village. Yeah. (laughs) It used to be your family. Like you never left your family. You like all stayed together in the same community and everybody raised each other's kids together. But now like, our neighbors look very different than us. Like yeah. we, we, we move into neighborhoods where people are from different parts of the country. They mm-hmm. have different religious backgrounds. They have different political backgrounds. They have different skin colors than us. They have different cultural backgrounds, you know? And so we, we move into these communities and we want, and at least for me, it's a, and, and it's a, it's super important for me to pour into my community, but it's hard to be around people that are different than you, mm-hmm. you know? And what does that look like? And so our first instinct and, you know, it's a little bit, um, easier for you because you are in a community that people look different than you. Yeah. Like I we're in a community and there are people there there's a major diversity in my community, but it's also there's also a lot of people that look like me. Yeah. And so, you know, and I don't mean just skin color, but I mean like, you know, two parent home with two kids. Yeah. Together. Yeah. You know, all of those things, you know, making a certain amount of money. Like yeah. I could stay in my bubble and still yeah. have community in air quotes, yeah. right? So what does it look to step outside of your bubble and still be in your community? And that's what we're talking about yeah. in the series. And like we're kind of opposite. Like we our bubble doesn't really exist this, here. Unless so, you just stay with the four of you. <laughs> yeah. So like Chris and I, we live in a neighborhood in Decatur. Um and if you're not in the Atlanta area, Decatur is sort of like it's a little eclectic. Um, it's a little bit, it runs like super liberal politically. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty moderate. I don't know if we've talked about politics on the podcast yeah. before, but I w- I'm kind of a libertarian. So I'm sort of like Ron Swanson, get away from me government. <laughs> pretty like moderate, <laughs> I, I guess. Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Um, but so we're surrounded by people who are like super liberal. And then yeah. aside from politics, it's just, and like indicator your politics are kind of like who you are. Yeah. So it can be, be really yeah. um, tricky around like, yeah. you know, cause that's like a whole other thing. But, and then we have a lot of our neighbors are not, um, a lot of our neighbors are gay couples. A lot of them are, um, older. like older retirees. Yeah. Um, so it's just, we have a couple like single neighbors, like, and then if there are families, they're not Christian. So Chris and I just kind of feel like we're on an island sometimes. So we kind of have two choices. We can either like stay isolated or we can move out. So that's yeah. kind of what we've tried to do. We definitely could make more, effort and I think that's something we're challenging ourselves with this summer yeah. is to like really try to engage our neighbors who aren't yeah. like us um but I, I feel this a lot and I feel a call like we feel a call to be in this neighborhood at least for now and so we're kind of like okay well what are we doing you know like and yeah. if, if we can just be the normal Christian family yeah. who's welcoming I feel like that can make a huge impact but, but how does that start yeah and that's what we're addressing in this um series yeah. and and for me it's a little bit different because my actual neighborhood like the people that surround me are people like me and it's easy yeah. to have community with them yeah because they're my friends and we just happen to live and we've talked about this before in other pockets we just happen to live in a neighborhood that's awesome like that. Yeah. Like, which is great. There's great things about that. My kids can roam the street and I know whoever's house around me that they end up in, I'm happy that they're in that house. Yeah. You know? Um, and I know that they're being taken care of and they're going to be disciplined the way I would discipline. You know, all of yeah. these things. Like, I know we're all looking out for each other and if they're hungry, they'll get fed, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and they'll get sent home and they're supposed to be sent home and all of these things. And so, there's great things about that and and, and there's strength in that community. But, like, that can become isolating too. I can just stay in my oh, little yeah. cul-de-sac. 
Yeah. And, but there's so much of it. And I live in Smyrna, which is the other side of the city. Um, and it's a, actually a very diverse community. And my kids mm-hmm. go to a very diverse school. But I can stay isolated in my little cul-de-sac in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so our challenge is, like, we've committed to our public school system. We've committed to living in Smyrna. Like, we've committed to our community, and we love it. We adore our community. So we've got to step outside of our cul-de-sac. Like, and mm-hmm. what does that look like? What does it look yeah. like to step outside of our cul-de-sac and engage the entire Smyrna community, not just my little neighborhood that I love and adore, mm-hmm. and all, everybody looks like me, and we're all friends. Yay, Murphy! Murphy's, Murphy's here! Murphy! He's probably barking at the mailman or something. Murphy's so. probably the reason our neighbors hate us. I'm just kidding. Our neighbors don't hate us. <laughs> But if I walked by our house and saw Murphy barking, I would, hi, buddy. Oh, Thank you. He just wanted to be part of the conversation. Yeah. How do we engage our four-legged friends? Yes, you're, you're a neighbor, too. You are. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. And I think, like, it's easy to kind of glamorize, like, like I glamorize your neighborhood all the time in my yes. head. Because it's like the freaking Wonder Years. It's amazing. But it's like, you're right. Because it's... Yes. It'd be, it's, it's easy to become insulated. And it's for easy sure. for you to just stop there and be like, I am engaging my community. Yeah. I, I, I go outside and talk to my neighbors all the time. Yep. But if, like, I don't step outside of that. Or I could, I mean, I try to, but, and I'm working on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I could just, like, live my life and not, and not yeah. step outside of that, you know? And so I, and there are people in our neighborhood, there are handfuls of people in our neighborhood that do look different than us. Whether, yeah. And we talk about this with Lori because her and I live in the same neighborhood. We do have elderly people in our neighborhood. We do have, um, people of uh, you know other nationalities in our in our neighborhood but like am I reaching out to those people or I'm just hanging out with the people who look like me yeah. and you know and that that passes down to our kids like my my kids are in a school where they're the minority mm-hmm. but you know so they have these, this opportunity to reach out but if they don't see me reaching out they can't learn how to do that and then, because our human nature is to hang out with people who are like us. Yeah. And so, and there's some parts of it that's okay. Yeah. You know, but we also have to learn how to branch outside of that, because I think that's what Jesus calls us to. And and that's what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, big C, not little C. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation, and I'm excited, because we know people that are doing this a lot better than we are, yeah. that we can learn from. So, we can't just sit and talk about this series by ourselves. No, absolutely not. So, We've invited some guests on. Yes. Um, today's guest is Lori Duro. Yes. And she is your dear friend and neighbor. Yes. And she's, um, yeah, you know, our kids go to school together. She's she's one of those neighbors that I could be, we could be insulated with. But mm-hmm. she she has a ma- massive heart for the elderly and does a really good job. And she lived in another Smyrna neighborhood before she lived in ours. And in both those neighborhoods, she's engaged the elderly in a way that has caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's helped my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, engage the elderly um, by, you know, taking them to, to sing at nursing homes. And I just see her interaction with, with the elderly community, and it, it's been profound to me. So that's why we're talking to her because, you know, it's it's hard to when you're not used to. We, t- we discuss a little bit about why we might not engage people mm-hmm. that are different than us. So, um, yeah. And then we're going to talk to one of your friends and your neighbors. Yes, my neighbor, Shafrae Rolls, is um, – Involved in running a place called Oak Grove Market up the street from my house. And it's one of those, it's just like my dream. It's, it's like Cheers. It's like Cheers. It's They have like, you can go get lunch and breakfast there, but there's also like a whole butcher shop area. And then they, you know, they stock some produce. And it's just literally like you walk in, everyone knows each other. I always run into a neighbor. Yeah. The girls are obsessed with it. And it, it, but it's one of those places where you're like, yeah, the food's good, but it's not like, 
mind blowing enough to warrant the amount of business they get. So yeah. you know, it's like it's not that. It's just the it's feeling. The, it's the community that they're building, and there. the people yeah. who work there, I don't think have ever left. Like they've been there. Everybody, all the staff, I think, is pretty. Like I've seen the same people for like the six years that we've lived in this neighborhood. Yeah. So it, it's like it's a testament to something bigger, and it's just such a like it's like our little community gathering place. You see, like teenagers and elderly people all together. It's I'm obsessed with it. So I want to talk to her a little bit about why. The way that food can kind of serve as a yes. catalyst for bringing people together, which clearly is my entire uh, life trajectory, is using food to make people come together. Um, and <laughs> she then, does a very good job at too. <laughs> thanks. And then um, we're talking with Meredith and Shannon. Yes. So I have. So one of my other neighbors um, is was uh, is a part of a group that is working on racial reconciliation within the community, and so her and Shannon. Um, we're in this group together. Um, and so I, and they live at, we live at, they live in community with us and, and they're both, they both do a fantastic job of working towards reconciliation within the community. Cause I mean, let's just be honest, especially, um, in our communities in, in Atlanta, um, racial reconciliation is going to be a big part of building community. You're not gonna be able to step outside of your community and it's not just black, white. Like we just live in a very international city. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, my, my kids school, there's, I would say 25% of it, close to 25% is Indian. Like, yeah. and so there, it, it's not just, it's not just um, black and white, even though that's probably going to be most of our topic, just because the racial reconciliation work that they have done is um, for, focused on is focused on that. But um, where you know that's just a really hard conversation, and I think both you and I are interested in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But it, we can only talk to people who have done that work, and you know, Meredith's white, Shannon's black, and mm-hmm. and they've worked together on this, and I'm just super excited to talk to them yeah. about how that has played out in their life. And how they're working towards um, engaging the diversity of their communities. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's so true that it's just human nature to cling to the people who are like you and to find reasons to not go towards people who are different than you. And that's just something like, I just don't want anyone to hear this and think that we're like, you should do this shaking a finger. It's like, this is, we all do this. So let's just be aware of it and like try to be a little better, I think is the point. And something I've been really convicted about lately is this feeling of, Murphy barking. Um, Murphy. She, she likes to bark at all the neighbors. She's having conversations with the Murphy's neighbors. Murphy's a boy. I didn't to say she. I knew. That. I don't know. I was like, do you not know? I do know. Well, now he's really gonna bark at you. We're gonna pause the recording for just a sec. But something I've been really convicted about is, um, you know, a lot of us like to lament that we don't have a village. Yeah. But lately, I've been convicted that like I don't have the village I would build in my head as my perfect village. Yeah. But maybe God has given me a village and I'm not yes. engaging it yes. because it doesn't look like I thought it was going to look like. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So, I think somebody probably needs to hear that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I want to, that's what, that's my kind of like current, we always have something we're working on spiritually, yes. I think. And for me, it's that. It's like, okay, yeah. these people aren't who I would have chosen. Yeah. But. But. Except yes. for Rosemary and Jim. I would choose them. But, <laughs> but you know, I, these people necessarily, and not, not these people like my immediate neighbors, but just like the people in my life at the moment. Like, maybe they're not who I would have immediately said. Like, yeah. you, you, you. I wouldn't have picked them out of a lineup. But God's brought them into your life. But they're reason. in my life. Yeah. And is is my problem of not having a village because I'm unwilling? Yeah, that's a really, it's a question really good ask. point. Yep. So here, without further ado, is Lori's interview. Yes. Um, and yeah, we're excited about this series. And I'm excited to make some Mr. Rogers graphics for yeah. our internet friends. Yay, so fun. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Hey. 
Hey guys, welcome back to our Won't You Be My Neighbor series. And today we are talking about our elderly neighbors. Um, so yeah, we thought this was an important topic. Um, we're kind of covering some of the isms in our community engagement series that we're doing right now. And one of the isms we want to talk about is ageism. Mm -hmm. And today we have a very special guest on, Lori Duro, who's going to talk to us about ageism and the elderly and how she engages the elderly. And we're really excited to have her on because she totally does not want to be here right now. We are forcing her. Um, but we just um, couldn't think of a better person to yeah. talk to about this. So Rebecca, do you want to introduce Lori a little bit? Yeah, so Lori and I are friends and neighbors. And um, Lori, I'll let Lori like introduce like her family and stuff. But um, I know Lori because of our interactions with our kids being in the same school and us living in the same neighborhood. And I was talking to another mutual friend of ours. Um, he, and we, I was talking about, I just, I've got to figure out this next series. Do you have any ideas? And I started bringing up the elderly and elderly community. And she was like, oh, you know who you should ask, Lori. <laughs> and I was like, you're so right. And then I started, my brain just started like churning of all the reasons why Lori would be good because of her heart for um, our elderly neighborhood, neighbors in this neighborhood and our community. Um, our our girls are in the same Girl Scout troop, and mm -hmm. I saw her heart for the elderly when we took the girls to a senior living center sing Christmas carols. Just her ability to interact with um, the elderly is, it, it, made, it brought tears to my eyes. So, I thought she'd be the per perfect person to be on. So, Lori is also very busy in other aspects of her life besides having three children, but she also um, serves the church by being on the worship team at her church, and she has a gorgeous voice, even though she would never say it. That's why I'm saying it for her. <laughs> and Lori, so Lori has three girls and is married to Jimmy. How long have you and Jimmy been married? Oh, 13 years this year. Yes, and three girls. Her oldest is the same age as my oldest, and then she's got a first grader and a pre-Ker and they're sweet girls and um they're both Auburn fans so you know I go back and forth on whether I <laughs> uh, so she had a very disappointing basketball game a few nights ago it was so disappointing it's very disappointing and you're a former Braves girl is that right <laughs> I love that so much yes yes um it was a fun season I think that has been uh yeah I love it. <laughs> you bring that peppy energy to all the nursing homes. That's yes, great. Exactly. <laughs> that yes. I need to go to a Braves game with Lori. That would be fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you have a good time at a Braves game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good times. Well, y'all, thank you so much for having me on. This yeah, is this is awesome. Such an honor. So what do you think it was that kind of gave you a heart for elderly people? That's such a good question. I've been thinking about that since you asked me to be on the podcast. Um, so thank you for having me. I, um, I'm not an expert on this by any means, but I can share my experiences and um, hopefully some encouragement and yeah. other people. Um, my parents had us invest some time with my grandparents. I remember growing up seeing my grandparents a lot, even spending the night with my grandparents. My grandmother, I distinctly remember jumping rope with us and my grandfather playing shuffleboard and they took an interest in us, which mm -hmm. made it more fun to take an interest in them as well. And um, we did sing at the nursing home a bit growing up. And so I think that's where my love and passion still comes from in being with the um, people at the nursing home. Um, and it's just continued. I 
guess we, my husband and I met some of our older neighbors in our old neighborhood just going on walks mm-hmm. and saw they kind of lit up and had lots of questions and wanted to be in conversation with us. And it started to resonate with both of us that they may not feel like they have as much to offer Mm -hmm. society now that they are retired or home or maybe they're just lonely because their family doesn't live nearby um, or come and visit as often as maybe they would like. I mean, it's our culture today. It's hard to stop what we're doing and our agenda to um, see other people if we don't have margin. Um, And I feel like sometimes the elderly may feel unseen. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just been my experience where we have, my girls and I have gone and sat and talked with some of our neighbor friends and they just get so excited to see the girls. And that's a little bit anxiety ridden for me because I had three small children, a lot of energy and a lot of words and um, bringing them into one of our friends' home, I was always a little, okay, you know, you need to sit quietly mm-hmm. and, and listen. And really, the friends that we would go and visit were just so happy to have us. Yeah. Um, had so many questions for the girls and took an interest in the girls just as much as we were taking an interest in them. Yeah. Absolutely. Rebecca, I actually think you do a good job at this, too, with your neighbor across the street. You have an older neighbor that lives across the street. She's not elderly, though. Like, she's... She's I mean, retired age, though, She's right? retired. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's not, but she's... An, the next generation up from you yeah she's not elderly but she's like she's like your parents generation well and I think that's what's so cool um is her name's Rosemary and we like we're just friends like I think that's what's so neat is like Mm -hmm. I think we can kind of sometimes group our friends in boxes but if you can just be open I mean she's one of my great friends you know and she's like 60 actually she's 60 Rosemary if you're listening I don't know how old you are (laughs) (laughs) but um so I think that's a fun thing I'm like what you were saying about people taking an interest in elderly people or your family taking interest in them and then them taking an interest in you I think it's just I think we just think that maybe the whole thing of this series is engaging people who are different than us. Um, like right now, I want to engage Rebecca's leaf blower guy next door. It's my neighbor's. It's not mine. <laughs> I don't record on days when the long guys come, but it's my So baby. sorry, sorry no if you hear the leaf them. blower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we just assume people maybe aren't interested if they're not in our stage of life. You know what I mean? Like, I think Absolutely. sometimes we make that assumption, and I don't think that's true. I yeah. think that's exactly it. But we also migrate to people who are like us. Yeah. Exactly. Who have children our age, same age or have interests that are similar to us. Yeah. And so it's easy to look at your neighbor or Mm -hmm. the older generation and say, well, we have nothing in common because your children have grown or or you Mm -hmm. didn't have children or whatever. Um, And I have found that if you just go and say hello and Mm -hmm. start talking to your neighbor or the older generation, like your friend Rosemary, they're... Mm -hmm. They're just people. Yeah. And they have, I mean, I have laughed more with some of my older generation friends. Yeah. And received more wisdom. Uh-huh. I just sit at their feet sometimes and ask questions. How did you do this life? How, yeah. how are you a mom and a, a wife? And um, I think the wisdom of the older generation is something that we just don't appreciate and, and tap into enough. We don't. We really don't. And I mean, that's what's so cool is you have somebody who's ahead of you right, who yeah. isn't like your parents because you know we still have that resistance where like sometimes we're like I don't want to listen to what my mom has to say about that but like maybe we would listen to someone else who isn't your parent who's just a friend who's been down a road that you want to go down and that you're going down right now and so I think that's really that's good 
And I think that's something really important to remember. I think I, yeah, and I, I, I've, I'm getting very convicted as I listen to all of this because I, this is definitely an area I'm not great at. Um, I, for, for lots of reasons, I love Lori, how your parents, um, just invested in your relationship with your grandparents, um, and made that time for that. I, Dave and I are, my husband are really trying to be better. I'm really good with that with our kids. They have, they've spent more time in their short lives with their grandparents than I've ever spent mm-hmm. with my grandparents. So I'm very thankful for that and thankful yeah. they have that relationship. I think I'm thankful that my daughter, um, texts my mother-in-law on a daily mm. basis. Like Aww. and she wants to tell her everything and, um, they have a good, really wonderful relationship, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so I think that's a really key thing um, mm-hmm. is like growing up around it mm-hmm. um, and seeing that. But also, I, I'm the chief of like they're probably not going to be interested in me because we're in a different stage. Like, why would they care about what I have to say or what I have to think? Right. And, right. and so I just I I think I don't do it consciously, but I subconsciously write <clears throat> people off. Um, you know, I do it with people like I'm trying to think people like with teenage kids or people with kids mm-hmm. younger than me. Like I, like you said, we, we kind of stay in our own little stages and, and I, I think sometimes it's hard to break out of our comfort zones. And if you're not used to being pe- with people of another generation, it feels uncomfortable sometimes. Just like it feels uncomfortable to be with somebody of a different race than you or someone of a different class than you or someone who has a totally different job than you. Like you feel uncomfortable because you don't know how to talk to them or be with them mm-hmm. if you don't. But you have to like make time for it right. to feel like you can do it. And so, um, yeah, anyways, I, I think that's this- such a good point. But really, it's just... Um- with the older generation, at least, they are looking back a lot more than they're looking forward. Mm-hmm. And so they really appreciate just someone coming and sitting and listening mm-hmm. and yeah, a presence there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Versus, I don't know what I'm going to say. And what I usually walk in and just say, How's it going? Right. What are y'all, what are you up to? Well, they're humans. Like, that's yeah. just to humanize people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not a yeah. difficult start. And even neighbors who are in different stages, giving them the opportunity to tell you we're different. And I, you know, kind of them having the opportunity to say to you, no, thank you, versus you saying, well, we're in different stages. We must not have anything in common. Exactly. And just letting other people say no, I guess, is... Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Well, another thing, too, it makes me think, like, so when I start hearing conversations like this, I think, well... I just don't have anything to give, right? Like, I'm busy. I've got kids. But what I have learned um, from engaging other people is how much I'm receiving and how I think we go into it thinking kind of like sometimes, you know, you hear about, like, kids going on youth trips and they come back and they were like it was more for me than it was for those people we just ministered to and you're like yeah Yeah. like that's how I feel yeah I feel like I for me it's been really a process of receiving and learning how to receive and not have to hold everything so tightly but letting other people fill in the gaps and Mm -hmm. there are things that you know the people in my life who are older and retired and have time Mm -hmm. can fill in for me Mm -hmm. you know like it's amazing I can't tell you how many times Rosemary has brought dinner over if we Mm -hmm. are just frazzled or like just little stuff like that Mm -hmm. that like it makes her happy I think to help us and it Mm -hmm. makes me happy because I just didn't have time but Mm -hmm. it's funny because I think we go into that thinking like well I'm the young one and so I need to be give 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 Uh, that's a good Mm -hmm. point but it's really like they it's it's a gift to other people to let them give to you for sure. and to receive. Yeah, and it's hard. You're right. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. I was also thinking about how I was. So we're talking about us personally and how 
this is hard or not hard for us but also like just as a culture Mm -hmm. like I think that we just do a really poor job of you were talking about after retirement like we just like write people off um how they're not contributing to society more in quotation marks like so that we see that we see that so then what do they have to offer um and I I feel like and I, I think there's two like sections of this there's the people that's just the generation above us that are like our parents age and then there's the elderly elderly Mm -hmm. and like so there's the retirement age and we're like oh well it must be nice that they're retired and they're going to do whatever they want and there's that kind of Mm -hmm. like feeling and then there's the feeling of the really elderly and like like what what we just don't do a good job with them yeah I don't think we do a good job honoring them I don't and I don't know what to do about this but <laughs> they don't do a good job we don't do a good job honoring them we don't do a good job of seeing them as still having like a place in our society and still having a role so I guess I wanted to talk about like what what we think the role of someone who's elderly living in a senior living center like because they do have I mean God wouldn't have God wouldn't have left them here. He would have taken them if they didn't have a place. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they're still here. My 90-something-year-old great grandmother who had dementia in assisted living center and lived there for 10 years with dementia, like she still had a purpose. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, and how do you how do you engage that? Is I guess my question. Mm. So thoughts on that? That's kind of where I was going with that. Well, and I think you're exactly right because in America today we seem to value youthfulness. Yes. And success. And those are what our world's been around is how can I not age and prevent um, the whole aging process? And how can I make more money and be more successful? And so it's it is countercultural to stop letting the world focus or circle around ourselves and look to other people who God still finds value in. You're exactly right. And that's kind of our um, how God views us. Like there may be times mm-hmm. when we feel like we don't have anything to offer the world or the culture is not accepting us or we don't feel um, like we're contributing. And God says, I will always love you. I always love you. You're always just right. Yes. And I think that for us to also go to the elderly and say, you are, you are just right. You're just perfect where you yes. are and how you are and what you're doing. And um, showing God's love is ultimately all that we're doing with the elder generation. Because if we are treating them the way that God says to respect and love your elders, then we're sitting at their feet and learning. Like God has poured a whole life into these people. Um, And for us to be able to receive some wisdom from that and also give our friendship and love to them. I mean, it's, it is mutually beneficial. Although you may not have had grandparents that you were with as you were growing up. And so the older generation may feel separated from how you um, like how you live is that where you're going or? yeah it doesn't take much it's right. not like you have to prepare a meal or and we always think that don't we we right. always think what can it, I give you well doesn't it remind you I don't know if it reminds you of this but it reminds me of like being a new mom and being feeling like I was trapped in my house with these little like preemie twins yes. and literally if some people wouldn't come over because they're like well I don't have like you know yeah. I didn't have time to cook you dinner I didn't have time to do this or I don't have time to clean your toilet or like whatever they think they're supposed to do yeah. and I would be like please just come be a human with me please exactly. just come sit here with me like that's all I want yeah. and I think we just and but part of me wonders like if something about us avoiding the elderly is exactly what you were saying about aging and how it just makes us uncomfortable because if we're all fighting aging and avoiding it then it probably makes you really uncomfortable to see some like wrinkly old lady 
Yeah, so it, it reminded me, so our pastor says, has said several times in, a, in different sermons, just, you know, talking about death and how we, as an American culture, Western culture probably in general, we, we avoid, um, we, we want so desperately to avoid and forget death. Like mm-hmm. we don't want, we don't want to know that that's what's coming. Right. And so the majority of our healthcare costs are spent yeah. in like the last few months before you die. Like the majority of the health, the, health mm. the money you will spend on healthcare, you will spend in your last few months trying to delay death. Mm. And, and like that as a culture, we want to delay death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being around people that are closer to that than we are is, mm-hmm brings us back to reality like mm-hmm. like like you were we were talking earlier before we started recording like realizing that life is fleeting mm-hmm. like it is and and when you're around people like I'm not, I'm not talking about people that are just a little bit older than us but people that are a lot yeah, yeah, older yeah. than us um in nursing homes or wherever the 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 real elderly like there's something about that like reminds us that like that's our future mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's scary like it's it, you know it's hard to be around um debilitation and, and, and aging and decay for lack of a better word like mm-hmm. and death like like it's it's hard to be around that and not realize that that's where we're going to hopefully hopefully we'll make it that far and that's yeah where we're going so yeah definitely is scary I think it for is. a lot of people I think it is too but of course just like anything else like the more you spend doing it and take the time to do it then the less scary it, it yeah gets. yeah for sure it does. I have a friend in a nursing home. Her name is Mavis. And um, she was my grandma's best friend, but my grandma's been passed away for a long time. So um, we still visit her sometimes. That's and awesome. It is. I mean, it's been a hot minute. I need to, um, it's, you know, life. But it's just funny <laughs> how I, like the first time I ever went to visit her, I literally made like five freezer meals and portioned them and was like, here you go. And she was kind of overwhelmed. And she's like, you know, I don't really eat that much, right? She's like 96 or 97. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's fine. And then I realized it kind of like, she was like, she literally just wanted Maddie and Penny to come like sit there right. and to like hug a kid. That yeah. was all she wanted was yeah. to hug a kid. And like, I was terrified, like you were saying, cause they would rock. I mean, old people, it's like the older you get, the more breakable your stuff becomes. It's just <laughs> right. like, they're like right. surrounded <laughs> by like faces. And, and I was just like, Oh my good Lord. Like they're going to ruin your house. And she just, she didn't care. I love that she still lives in, she lives in a house. No, it's like Like a a room, like a system. It's like like an apartment. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it looks like a house. I mean, it was great, but, and it just, it gave her such joy. And I remember feeling um, like she tried to, she gave us something. I think it was like Coke or something, but it was like all this work for her to like open the can and to get the ice and the glass. And um, I was like, let me do it. And like, she got, she was like, no, I'm doing it. And I, it was just, I learned so much just Mm -hmm. from interact I have learned so much from interacting with her just in those little ways and the dignity it gives a person for Mm -hmm. them to serve you like Mm -hmm. it really gave her something to Mm -hmm. like offer us something and fix it even though we were trying to make it more efficient and Mm -hmm. I was like let me help you I don't want you to hurt your hand this is really slow Mm -hmm. and just allowing her to pour me a coke was just like whoa Mm -hmm. like that's a big deal it just it spiritually felt I mean do you ever feel that like sometimes these ordinary moments can just feel so like spiritually charged because you feel like the presence of God in them, and you're like you're giving that person this dignity yeah, of serving. Yeah. yeah, I think you're exactly right. And we, as you get older, and you're not able to do as much, and it does take so much effort to pour mm-hmm. a coke. That is something that she probably will think about for a long time. That she was able to give yes. that to you. Yes. You were giving to her, and we all have this sense of now I need to compensate, and I yeah. need to give back to you. And yeah, um, and sometimes. Pouring a Coke is all that she can get back. 
Um, I love to bring lunch to my grandmother and uh-huh. I will bring whatever she wants and we'll have a big spread and we'll make super happy um, ham and cheese sandwiches or grilled cheese or whatever. And I went yesterday and she said, I'm going to make us a quiche. And it was so good. And yeah. it was so easy. I just showed up and we sat and talked and, and uh-huh. quiche and had great conversation. And I think that she really appreciates when I bring things to her, but she wants to give back to me. Mm-hmm. And for me to always be coming into her home with something makes her feel like, well, I need to now give back to you. Mm -hmm. So one of my neighbors in our old neighborhood was 90, 92 years old when we met her. And she was the same way Mm -hmm. in like, okay, thank you. You can do that, but come sit down and let's play dominoes. Mm -hmm. Um, You can help, help me sweep the floor, but now let's sit down and have lunch together or I'm going to make some toast for you. How about some coffee? I'm going to pour you some coffee. And it was challenging as I'm watching thinking I could help you and do this, but it made her so happy and gave her so much joy to be able to serve me while I felt like I was coming just to spend time with her. She wanted to get back, you know? Yeah. And we all just want to feel useful. I think at the end of the day, like we all just want to feel useful and feel like we're contributing to something. And that is such a gift we can give our elderly neighbors. Yeah. Your grandmother's in Fayetteville? Yes. Yeah. So which, for those of you who are in the Atlanta area, that's probably, what, 30 minutes from here or so without traffic? It's about 50. Yeah. Yeah. With Atlanta traffic and stuff. And (laughs) the fact that you just pop down there for lunch on a very regular basis is impressive to me. Um, And I know you take Joni sometimes, too, because of preschool and stuff. But, like, I don't. I mean, I know you say it's easy, especially when she was making the quiche for you, but like you still, you lost probably most of that day in a productive way. Like, for sure. and, you yeah. know, yeah. in a way of you could have gotten other stuff done or you could have right. gone, you could have gone and had lunch with a friend or whatever, where your kids were in school. And instead you went and had lunch with your grandmother. That's awesome. Like, and I think that speaks big volumes to your girls. Right. Even if you aren't actually saying the words coming out of your mouth of we need to, you know, spend time with grandma. Like it, it speaks volumes to them that you when they when they ask you, my kids ask me all the time, "What'd you do while I was at school?" <laughs> like you to say, "I went down and had lunch with Grandma." Like that's yeah. huge. Like I, you spent your time with somebody else. Um, you know that wasn't like one of your besties or whatever. Like you're going down and having lunch with her and not going to Target or cleaning your house or doing laundry or whatever else you could have been doing in that moment. I think that's a really big deal. It's just a good reminder. It is. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a. A sacrifice yes. anytime we put someone above our own agendas. Exactly. So it did cause for a bit of a scramble in the afternoon to clean up after being on vacation last week and do all the laundry. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes I'll FaceTime my grandmother in Texas and she'll sit with me on FaceTime Aww. while I fold the laundry. Oh, said, Granny, awesome. I just need you to sit with me and talk to me while I fold the laundry. She's like, Yeah. Bring me along. Your mom calls me when she's here and your cousin calls me when he's going there. And it's just so easy. It's not. And sometimes I forget how easy it is to engage with my grandmother in Texas because I, we're not, I can't just drive down there to her. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so my mom often reminds me, just call her. She just loves to hear from you. And mm-hmm. it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, to your point, I do drive about an hour down and about an hour back. And we spend about an hour to an hour and a half together. Yeah, so it's most of your morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but once my grandfather passed away about two and a half years ago, I was so sad that I hadn't made that sacrifice sooner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, just to spend time with him. And so my grandmother now getting to spend time with her is such a joy because I know she's not going to be around forever. I hope she isn't. She would love to go be with my grandfather and Jesus and she's ready to go. 
we're not ready for her to go. And so I just want to keep reminding her while you're here on earth, we are so happy that you're yeah. here. Yeah. Now tell me how you did life. Yeah. yeah. Tell me how to raise these children. <laughs> Give yeah. me all your advice. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I, I was so funny. Um, it reminded me you were FaceTiming with laundry. I'm so think some ways I hate technology and in some ways I love it so much. And that is one of the ways I love technology. We were on spring break. Um, my daughter, um, literally FaceTimed my mother-in-law every day we were on spring break during breakfast and Aww. sat there while she was eating breakfast and like wow. half the time they weren't even talking to each other yeah they were just like looking at each other and they were both eating breakfast because then we were on the team when we were in Destin we were on the same time zone as her so she was eating breakfast the same time we were eating breakfast so, so like literally she sweet. just had the phone propped up and like just like and talk about some shells she might find and then she was eating and she was talking about her apple jacks you know and they're just like yeah. and like every, and then like right before bed she called her because like during a busy week like she forgets to call her or we don't have time we have so much going on she can't call her during the day during breakfast you know right because when she's eating breakfast here at the crack of dawn it's really the crack of dawn there so yeah. you know um she is and and i looked at david at one point and i was like they're just like sitting there like making <laughs> like Milo was eating her grilled cheese sandwich and my mother-in-law was making her salmon for lunch and they were talking about what they were making for lunch. Like, you know, it was just so cute. Like, yeah. and I, I didn't have that. Like, I did talk to my grandparents sometimes on the phone, but it's not the same as FaceTiming. Right. And yeah. seeing them and being like, because she's in Oklahoma, so they don't, I mean, she comes here as much as she can, but it's, they keep up their relationship because of FaceTime. Right. That's awesome. And that's how they know what's going on in each other's lives. So it's, it's, I really love the relationship that my kids have with their grandparents that I did not have with mine. Well, we all have that craving for a relationship and community. Yeah. It doesn't go away as we get older. No, no. And I also think that the, the, the familial collection, connection to, like, to the generations behind us um, and ahead of us, like... It's just neat to, I, the few, like I was saying before we um, started sharing, I did not have very much of a relationship with my grandparents because my parents left and never went back and just never made that an importance. And plus then, you know, we didn't have FaceTime. You know, they were in New York, we were in Texas, like there was no FaceTime. The long distance call and cost money, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you would talk for a few minutes um, and it was expensive to fly there. And you my mom wasn't about as a single mom to drive us from Texas to New York, right. you know? Right. So like we hardly ever went and saw my grandparents. It was a rare occasion. And, um, but I remember in high school, I had to do a project like a family history project. And we had to interview our grandparents and find out some stuff about our family history. Mm-hmm. And I had a very long phone call with my grandmother, multiple long phone calls with my dad's mom and like taped them. That was back when we had tape recorders, you know, <laughs> and um, taped all of them. And like, I have all those tapes. Mm-hmm. So like, that's probably more conversation I ever had with her ever in my entire life in that short amount of time. And, um, it's awesome. Like, yeah. like, but to be able to do that on a regular basis instead of having to do it for a project, like it's sad that a school project is what made me do that. Right. But it, you know, you still did it. And really, if you don't have grandparents around, there are so many people, elderly yes. and older generation people right here in the, in our neighborhood and in our old neighborhood, especially who one of our friends, um, she doesn't have children. And so when mm-hmm. her husband passed away, she has a nephew that comes and helps and hangs out with her and she can still drive and she goes to church, but she, um, has come with us to Aubrey's gymnastics class That's awesome. just to sit and be a part of, you know, uh, what we're doing in our life. She came to Aubrey's birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. She's just another person, you know, even yeah. though she's older and walks a little slower, she, um, still has a good time with us and wants to be a part of, you know, what yeah. we're doing. Um, and we just lived down the street from her. So I live an hour from my grandmother, 50 minutes, and 
and my other grandmother lives in Texas, so I appreciate other people that are spending time with my grandparents when I can't always be there. Oh, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. And Miss Johnny up the street from our old house, sometimes we would just blow off her driveway when there were acorns on it and yeah. leaves so that she could walk to her mailbox. And it was just such an easy thing since we're just two houses away. Yeah. Even though she wasn't family, you know? And she she has treated us like family. They all have because yeah. um, when you invest in a relationship with someone... Yeah. It sometimes breaks the non-familial ties. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. So they're both. I think it's both important. I think though that the relationship you have as a child with the elderly kind of sets the stage for that. Like exposing our girls to the assisted living center. Right. That was. I mean, outside of my when Milo was a baby, she went several times to see my step grandmother when she was in assisted living, but she doesn't remember that. So like that was her first experience as an older child. Um, being in the and she had so many questions on the way home. Yeah, so many questions that we talked. We talked through a lot of it about you know why certain things were the way they were and all that kind of stuff in the assisted living center. Right, and like she would never know the answers to those questions. She wouldn't even know to ask those questions unless we right. exposed her in that way. So I think it's. I think that's just a, you know, just like, like anything else, exposing them to missions or exposing them to right, exposing right. them to homelessness or exposing them mm-hmm. to whatever, you know, yeah. a different culture or whatever. Like that um, familiarity and proximity like causes barriers to be broken down. When I think like you said homeless, it makes me think. So I remember hearing a talk um I think it was at our church several years ago and they were either like interviewing a homeless person or something. But I remember the person, they were like, what's one of the like hardest things about being homeless aside from like, you know, obvious, like no shelter and stuff like that. (laughs) And um, they said, people don't look at me like a person. The guy was like, people don't look at me. They just look past me. They don't look, they don't make eye contact. And um, I think we do that to the elderly a lot. And um, I remember it was so, I just had this period of like deep conviction when the girls were probably like a year and a half old and I would take them to the grocery store because when you have like cute little girl twins, Mm. everybody wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like, I literally have 30 minutes and they're going to, you know, and it's like all this stress and you're like, they're going to start melting down and like, we just have to get this done. And I remember um, the Lord just being like, Rebecca like stop because all these little old ladies would come and then I realized mm-hmm. I was going on I think it was Wednesdays and oh, yeah. that was when the senior buses pulled up <laughs> so I was like discount day. Yeah. yeah and I was like why are all because you know little old ladies love a baby and then I, I just remember leaving the store and kind of being in a huff and being like oh this is so annoying because I was always very nice to them but then I would just be like dang it like now I have to rush and I remember the Lord being like Rebecca that was like their the highlight of their day right right and like when you start thinking of it that way like what a gift I can give another person mm-hmm. is it really that big of an inconvenience to me to put them down for a nap five minutes later if I can literally make somebody's week right. because they got to hold a chubby baby foot right. that <laughs> cost me nothing it cost me nothing and um so it's just I've so ever since that I just felt like this deep conviction and and that kind of like bled into a lot of areas of just like not always treating people the way I mm. wanted to be treated you know and kind of like assuming that people were like in my way and that was like one way that the Lord really showed me that I need to pull people in closer and be more warm and welcoming to people. But um, hmm. I think that, yeah, I mean, even and it was really cool, though, because so yesterday I took the girls to the eye doctor because Penny's glasses were broken. She wears glasses. And, um, you know, the eye doctor is like all people waiting. That's all it is. <laughs> and so she like walked up to this little old lady and sat next to her. So she was pointing at her and I was like, yeah, you can go say hi. And she walks up and she like sits in the chair next to her and she's just having this conversation like and it didn't even occur to her like 
not to talk to an old, like, oh, well, they're right. old, I'm not talking. Right. Like, you know, that's yeah. such a, like, us thing to do. That's not a little kid thing to do. And the lady had freaking tears in her eyes and mm. was like, thank you for mm. talking to me. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it doesn't cost us anything, you know? And it's like, we can get so much out of it. I'm just so grateful, and I hope that they're always that way. Well, and you just mentioned two circumstances where you didn't even have to go out of your way. Exactly. That was my point. Thank yeah. you. It's like, we're talking about, oh, you drive, you take three hours out of your day. You don't have to do that. Right. You can literally just smile at somebody and ask right. how they are. Right. right. It is not hard. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, that's a really good point about, um, I think it's Publix at Wednesday, Senior Discount uh-huh. Day. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, we all, we <laughs> all you have a cute baby, take him to Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> but I can, I can, I can distinctly remember myself thinking, I'm not going to Publix today because I just, I, I'm in a yeah. hurry. Me too. Me too. Like, yeah. um, I just can't do it today. Like, and, and like, what a really, really, hor- and some days you maybe don't have to I was going to say, that's okay. Yeah, it's okay like, to it's, feel like that sometimes. Okay. Like, but, but to also like have in the back of your head, like, uh, when you do find yourself in that circumstance yeah. where you do need to go on the Wednesday or whatever day it is in your local town, everybody knows the day that they try to avoid the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being real vulnerable here. Yeah. Um, but, like, maybe you do go on that day occasionally because yeah. you do have the time yeah. and and smile at somebody or let them hold your cute baby uh-huh. or ask you five million questions about your twins because twins are weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. you know, because you do, you get all the questions. Like, you do get all the or questions. Or the whole, the whole, you're going to, you're going to miss these days. Yeah. I'm always in my back of my head, like, lady, you have amnesia. You have no idea. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do call a grandmother amnesia. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and then hopefully one day I have grandmother amnesia and only remember the good things about my children. But, um, yeah, so I think, I think that's just a really good reminder because we all have that thought in our head. Yeah, We all have that thought of, I'm not going to get in that line over there because I can tell that. And, y'all, we all have those days, and that's not, we're not saying, like, always be just, like, going out of your way all the time. But, like, it's not as hard as we think it is. You know, I think we build it up as, like, oh, I have to have a conversation. But literally, I mean, some people have talked to me for 20 whole minutes, but usually, you know. They know when to kind of stop and move on. You know, they're still people. So I just don't think, I think we just build it up to be this really difficult thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. For sure. And I, and it doesn't have to be a organized trip to the senior living center. Yeah. You know? I think it's awesome that you meet with your grandmother, that you visit your grandmother's best friend and your grandmother's no longer living. Yeah. She just, she's not. Did you have a relationship with her when she no. was younger? No. We, um, we, it was one of those things like we, my dad's sisters did like they had kind of kept up with her and then we all went and visited her one time and Chris and I were just like well we should go visit her again you know like we we've and we could tell like she was so proud and she was like showing us her place and like she had us eat lunch in the little restaurant there and she was just like so excited we were like well we should do this again and um so we just go back sometimes and visit her and call her and send cards and I mean it's you know it's just crazy to think about like she she has like a niece I think and that's it so it's like well who else is gonna do it you know like let's do it it doesn't cost us that much you know yeah it's interesting you know thinking about assisted living centers so my husband is like that's one of his side businesses oh right is is he does all the lock and securities Mm -hmm. for they have RFID technology lock and security systems for assisted living centers and memory care like that's his business and so he's in assisted living. I mean, he was at one yesterday. Like he's in them all right. the time, you know. And they're built. They build them all the time. And you know, um, we have. A, he has a relationship, and I, in turn, have a relationship with a lot of people that run these that run assisted living centers. And we were talking to one of our friends that's in the business, and um, he was talking about his experience over in Asia. 
Um, and it's very new for them to get assisted living centers in Asia because most mm. people just take their elderly family members in, mm. you know, and they, they don't do it. Like, this is a new phenomenon for them to put assisted living centers in. But it's just gotten to the point where the older, there's just so much of the older generation right. that they are, they, they, the middle generation, the younger generations need help. And mm. so um, they're starting to build some, but the way they do them there look different than the way we do them here. And one of the really good stories was he said that in one of these small towns, I think in a small town in China, they built one of these assisted living centers. And in the afternoon when the kids get home, or when they get off the bus at school in this little community or bus or walk home from school, I'm assuming they walk, they're riding a bus, they get out of school and they immediately come. It's like a community center at the base of this assisted living center. And it's like a little general store and it encourages the kids to come in because there's like little cheap candies and that kind of stuff. And there's games and stuff. And like the older people are there too. And every single day, the younger kids and the older so it's like after school care for the younger kids oh, wow. and it's yeah that's so genius like and so he was talking about how it was just like the assisted living center was a fixture of the community it's integrated into the community it's integrated it's not, yeah. it's not separate because yeah. that's the way it is here yeah. ours are separated like mm-hmm. there's this assisted living center over there and they stay over here and then the rest of you know commercial stuff happens and you know there's no unless you go out of your way to go visit one you don't ever visit one yeah and so but like that this was integrated it was like a community center but it was also assisted living center i thought that was just really cool and it just like opened my eyes to the fact that we like do things very differently here the way that we separate the elderly yeah instead of integrating them into the community i thought that was really interesting that's that's very interesting well it's like what you were saying about gymnastics practice like Mm -hmm. the things that were like you know we're all in the throes of young kids mm-hmm. and how like just most of our life we're just like oh it's another obligation but like my parents were over for dinner the other night and like Maddie was performing a song which like mm-hmm. I've seen a million times and it's like really cute but I'm also like oh, okay but like when <laughs> but my parents are like watching her and they're so excited and it's like again the highlight of their day so it's like I think that we like we could totally outsource a lot of this right you know yeah. <laughs> by, right. by taking in our elderly people and being right. like hey look at this cute kid because your here. daughter wants to be seen she, she wants, to be seen. wants to be seen you want to see something and i right. want to go over there so right. <laughs> let's make it happen like this really is a lot more beneficial for us though, I think. but i mean i wish we did that like because yes. you know everyone wants to be useful kids want to be seen like oh we should totally do that here that would be great that is yeah. a great idea yeah super fun so but and and i i think you know just yeah just incorporating into the community and i just what i'm learning from this lori from you is that i need to talk to my elderly neighbors more we don't have a lot like i said in our neighborhood because you know yeah a neighborhood full of young children and young families and stuff but like there's the people at the grocery store there's you know neighbors there's you know. I've got a couple ladies you can visit yeah exactly <laughs> like and i just you know i just yeah, it's just a good reminder. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Well, so we were talking though. Okay, we've we've kind of done like the a lot of work and a little work of how to engage because this series is really about like how do we engage communities that are different than us, you know? Mm-hmm. So, do you have any other like if somebody is listening to this and they're like, I really want to get plugged in, I can do the public thing. I don't really have anyone to visit, though. Do mm-hmm. you have any suggestions for how someone might get started? Would you say, like, look in your neighborhood first? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I would say look in your neighborhood first. Because even in our neighborhood, there are older people here. I know there's a woman I have not met yet who takes care of her husband, um, according to the previous owner of our house. And um, they seem to stay home pretty often. So I think start with your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and then call your, if you have a local church that you mm-hmm. go to, there are 
shut-ins that Mm -hmm. um, your church delivers um, communion to, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can go and deliver communion on behalf of the church, which is uh, is really encouraging to be a part of. And then um, the Meals on Wheels is a Mm -hmm. a great organization, if you have the time, that you could commit to... um, delivering the meals or um, going to the nursing home and just calling ahead or just going and saying, I've got 30 minutes and I would love to visit with some of your residents. There are people probably sitting in the lobby that would love for you just to sit down and have a conversation and really just listen. You don't even Mm -hmm. have to come prepared with anything. That's so true. Um, Yeah. That's a really great point. They have bound ministry thing. The churches is a really great idea. I think a lot of our churches have that. We just don't know it Mm -hmm. that they like they have, they do. They, they either bring, they either bring communion to them or they, you know, because a lot of them are on the internet. So I, at least I know at our old church, they, they, they still did a few DVDs of sermons. Cause mm-hmm. everybody listened, all of us listened to the sermons on podcasts or MP3s or mm-hmm. whatever, but they did it. So they would, they still printed a few D- CDs every week Aww, and would bring, yeah. and would bring them to like people that were homebound, mostly elderly people that were homebound. And so, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, our churches have those ministries. We just have to ask about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, this is really good. Anything you wanted to say that we didn't cover about this? About we talked about why it's hard, why why we should do it. Oh, here, here, here we go. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I asked this a lot. Um, we did it in our stewardship series, and I'm doing it in this series. Like, why should Christians matter about this? Like, we talked about why humans in general yeah. should matter. Like, why why we should care about them because they're human. But like, why 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 do you think? God cares, and why do you think this is important in a Christian context? Well, I mean, doesn't it say in the Bible, respect your elders? Yeah, there's that. There's also, there's lots about the wisdom of the elderly. Right. Like, gaining from the wisdom. A lot of Proverbs about gaining from the older generation. I think, ultimately, I always come back to showing God's love. Like, how, yeah. you, how, how am I showing God's love? In everything. In the person that's checking me out at Publix, regardless of their age or stage or what they're, where they're from, um, to the person that I feel like maybe is lonely today or could come along with us to gymnastics practice or we could drop by a plant. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, speaking for myself, is it just goes back to like selflessness. Right. Like, you know, Jesus you know, obviously put his needs at the bottom. Yeah. It's everybody else's needs. And that, that doesn't mean that we don't have needs that we shouldn't try to get met. I'm not saying we should completely forget our needs, but like, I think about my needs way more. I mean, my, my world is the world of Rebecca. Like, mm-hmm. and what, what do I, what do I need to do today? What do I need to get done today? What do I need to do for me today? And just remembering to step outside of that. Like, I think Christ calls us to that and everything mm-hmm. that, in every in every circumstance, not just in this this kind of setting with our neighbors, but I also um, was thinking, of, yeah, the elderly and and the treatment of the elderly, and I was thinking about in the New Testament about you know when they in Acts when they're starting the church, the two groups that they really focused on because they were the the ones that needed help the most were orphans and widows, mm-hmm. and I think you could throw in there widowers too because sometimes women die before their mm-hmm, husbands mm-hmm. do. I mean, that's more unusual. Usually it's it's older women, not older men that are still around in that situation. But um, I, 
he, I mean, he, God mentions orphan. I mean, he said in James, it says that the true, a true religion is one that focuses on the orphans and the widows. I mean, yeah. like, it's just straight up biblical yeah. truth. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. and like Jesus always was drawn to the marginalized. And I think in our society, like elderly people are so marginalized. I mean, they're physically taken, they're physically removed from us. They're, you know, so I think like sometimes if you're just thinking like, who would Jesus have over to dinner? Mm probably be the lonely person in your neighborhood right like right. so yeah good point good point okay Lisa's thanks Lori yeah thank you yeah thank y'all for having me this was fun we took you out to the podcast game yeah we'll buy you some peanuts and cracker jacks <laughs> <laughs> but we do care and we want you to come back um well <laughs> I appreciate it thank you <laughs> thanks Lori okay bye so till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. <laughs>